0: I wish that coolest City thing was like the weather was like two or three weeks ago. I'm not I'm not feeling
1: this getting back up to 90, 92 stuff. I think they meant cool. I, I like, know what they in, meant. I know what you know, they meant. I meant, I hate you. I like, hate you so much. Like New Orleans probably wears Chuck Taylors. I hate you. Stop. Skinny jeans. Stop. I hate you. A nice, nice loose linen shirt. You know, just to let everybody know, like, hey, you know, I'm here to party. And, you know, I'm ready for the weather. I hate you. I just want you to know that. I mean, I kind of did already. You said it like seven
0: times. I just want you to know. Amos Morales III, I'm Andrew Lopez. We are not Seth Dunlap. We are standing in for him tonight uh, here on The Last Lap. We got the last hour. Two guests still to go. Let's get to our first one right now, Carter Bryant. Carter, what is going on, man?
2: Amos and Andy, the famous comedy duo, man. Oh, my God. So good to be with y'all tonight. Amos, I, I remember just like it was yesterday, man. I was, I was just perusing through Hodges Hall,
1: the LSU hey, hey, journalism. Hey, field. I'm married now. <laughs> I'm married now. You got to keep some of these stories secret.
2: Man, I, I remember that, man. I, I was over at KLSU and Tiger TV. You were doing your thing on the Reveille. I think uh, I think Alexandria Cranford was a, was a Tiger TV. So, yeah, man, uh, it, it's weird how many people have – have gone off from our era that have gone up and done all these amazing things. And uh, here we are talking about uh, sports on the radio. So it's, it's, it's kind of weird.
0: It is. It is weird, man. It is, it is weird that people,
1: that people let us have microphones in front of us. I mean, maybe for you guys, but for me, <laughs> this was destiny.
0: Carter, let's, uh, let's talk a little sec football. SEC, a lot of schedules came out today. Uh, we were talking earlier about LSU, that 2020 schedule for them, kind of some, some changes, that Arkansas game no longer uh, in, in in November. What are kind of some of your takeaways from some of those releases?
2: Yeah, you know what's crazy about that game in particular is that people in Louisiana don't care near as much about that <laughs> rivalry as they do in Arkansas. Yeah. And that that's kind of strange. And one thing that's, that's particularly weird is that Arkansas and LSU, they have complete autonomy over the state as far as being a big Division One right. program. I think we, we tend to forget that. Um, well, South Arkansas is all Razorback, and North Louisiana is all LSU. Well, that rivalry was a big deal to people in that region, yeah. even though they're so far away from campus. It, it meant a lot because there's so many bleed-over fans from both schools. So, obviously, moving that game to October, having a rivalry game, right in the middle of all these other big games that they're playing. is kind of weird. But, you know, the one thing I really like is whenever you look at a schedule like this, guys, and, and you keep looking at it over and over and over again, you realize how crazy the SEC schedule is to begin with. It's the worst schedule format in sports. Um, uh, Mr. Lopez, I know you're a big NBA guy. Yes. You know how stupid the divisions and the conferences are when, when it comes to the NBA. Well, the SEC is even crazier. You have this 14-team league where you only play eight conference games. By the way, you have a permanent cross-division rival in the other division. So when you look at that schedule next year, you still have to play Texas again. Your permanent cross-division rival is Florida. and Florida and LSU, they've got the short end of the stick every single year. Guys, I don't know how any rational person doesn't look at the SEC schedule and say, yeah, this needs some
0: serious reform. Yeah, I, I'd like to see at least a – I mean, if you're going to go with the 14 teams, I, I think you should probably go to nine conference games. I know right. that I know that changes a lot of, of what you're doing in, in future scheduling, but when you have a divi- a, a conference that deep, it, to me it makes sense that you should try to play more than what you get uh, just with playing you know, two other teams from the other conference. Yeah. It, it just seems silly
2: yeah and look what you just said you said basically it just means more which is crazy. <laughs> comedy it's just crazy that's the phrase It means there, except uh, when it comes to our, our own conference games you know like the, the thing that we're actually saying about ourselves come on so it, it's it's one of those weird things i'll never get over it but here's the thing and Greg Sankey doesn't lie about it. No one ever lies about it whenever they actually talk about it. They just come in and say, hey, it's working for us as far as our team's getting to the playoff. Why would we change it? It has nothing to do with the actual rationality that the schedule is the way it is. It has everything to do with, well, it's working. Why would we do anything different? The playoff is what pays It's a lot of money every year. so." Let's not change anything uh, as far as our schedule is concerned. And, of course, Alabama doesn't mind because they get to play Tennessee. And and was like, well, Tennessee's a good program, and they're going to turn it around. Really?
0: Well, they've not done anything since Peerless Price. Goodness gracious. It does. It does. You do have to change a lot if if, if you get into that. Uh, and I think I, – I, I don't see it – as much as, as, as a from the outside view, from a fan's view, you, you'd like to see some change. You'd like to see them crown right. more of a true champion. Until – until the playoffs expand, there's no reason for them to try to add another conference game against a more difficult team when you can instead play the Georgia Southerns of the world or the Kent States of the world uh, or, or, or teams like that when you can just pick up another win and be 11 and one instead of looking at 10 and two or or nine and three instead yeah. of eight and four uh, things like that. But for 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 Arkansas, they kind of changed some things up. Now that they don't get LSU off the bye week now. I mean, I, they're they're going next year. Alabama, LSU. How? I mean, that's. I know they're both at home, but how? Like, is is that horrible? How do you play Alabama and LSU in back to back weeks?
2: Yeah, it's it's bad. But here's the, here's the thing about it is they're not going to win those games anyway. Right. And they could be playing that game in, in Fayetteville. They could be playing that game in Westeros. It, it doesn't matter. they they're definitely going to lose those games it actually sets up nice for them because they'll have a bye week and then they'll actually play a, a winnable game. And and that's what's crazy. You know, you look at LSU this year and, and, and their schedule. I love the way it sets up for them. I know they, they have to go on the road to Austin, yeah. and then that's going to be a, a, a tough game in week two. I think we're kind of overvaluing Texas after playing that Sugar Bowl, which you guys have both covered. You know the Super Bowl has had some of the weirdest results ever, going all the way back to when Utah blew Alabama out of the water. I still can't believe yeah. that happened. <laughs> that
1: still, is
0: that is a thing you know, that actually happened. Yes, and, and it's
2: and and then Louisville just blew Florida. I mean, you, you just it's just crazy. But you know when you look at the schedules, a lot has changed for a lot of SEC teams. You're starting to see a lot of shifting of when certain teams play other certain teams. And and when you look at Arkansas' schedule, it actually sets up really nicely for them. Out of all the SEC teams this year, guys, they have the easiest non-conference. None of their non-conference teams are Power Five teams, and all of them were at least three games under 500. So, yeah, Arkansas could easily finish last, but still go six and six and still go bowling. Uh, LSU is the exact opposite. They have some tricky non-conference games, and obviously you know, that week two matchup against Texas is going to be so crazy. and uh, That Utah State game feed. is going to be tricky. Yeah, and and for me, I think LSU's deep enough. I think LSU's a team that, that could get to that point. It, it's it's weird, though. It's kind of like when you go get press food at Nickel State compared to going and getting press food at Jerry's World. You know, it's there, <laughs> there's a far better spread at Jerry's World. It doesn't mean the Nickel State food still isn't good. You guys have both been in that situation. When go to Jerry's World, you can still enjoy yourself. And that's basically the schedule LSU has in front of it. They have all these very difficult teams that are in front of them. But I still think, guys, an 11-1 LSU team with only one loss to Alabama, if you look at wild college football and you look the top at each of these other conferences, they're not really that great. I still think a one-loss LSU team will get in if they can avoid all losses except on one to Alabama and Tuscaloosa.
1: You said 11-1. and You don't think they can do it this year?
2: Yeah, I I, I really think so. the The one thing that concerns me
1: is them getting
2: pressure with just their front four. Now, they have a great defensive line, but, you know, Caleb on chase on, they're hoping that he can be that pass rusher. Michael Divinity—they've been having to move around some this offseason. season Can they get past rush from those guys? A lot of people are going to be more familiar stopping those blitzes that that um, that Aranda will throw at you in many different situations. We saw that happen against LSU last year. But offensively, I do think they take a huge step forward next year. Uh, I'm a, I'm I'm buying the Joe Brady hype. Yeah, he's he, he's younger than than all three of us, but I still think he's going to be the difference maker. And LSU's got, you know, arguably the best set of receivers not named Alabama in the country. So I, I think LSU has enough. I'm still sticking with it. I still think they go 11-1. I still think they go to the playoff this year.
0: Carter Bryant, at CarterThePower on Twitter. Carter, thanks for joining us, man.
2: Hey, no, thank you guys for all this crazy coverage you guys have been providing New Orleans people for so long. And uh, we'll talk
0: soon. Appreciate it, man. He's Amos Morale III. I am Andrew Lopez. We still got time left. You're not getting rid of us yet. We'll be right back on WWL Radio. Amos is really digging this, JT. Best album of 06. Period. Okay. He's Amos Morale III. I'm Andrew Lopez. We're sitting in for Seth Dunlap on the last lap here on WWL. Uh, Let's go straight to the phone lines. Joe in Mandeville, what you got?
3: Yo, Amos, congratulations. You want a little marital vice?
0: Yeah. He needs all the advice take, he can get. I'll take it. Where-
1: <laughs> yep.
3: I'm serious. You let her do the cooking and you do the cleaning up. The food gets much better when you do it that way. <laughs> Trust me. They just focus on the cooking and they don't have to worry about you know, sparing their energy to clean up afterwards. And you got to do the decent thing if she's going to cook you a meal, do the kitchen, will you? I've done it for 30 years, and it's paid off handsomely. But real quick, Carter Bryant. Yes. I forgot he was a comedian, but I think he was serious <laughs> when he said they were going to go 11-1 and one and still get in the playoffs. Are you kidding me? Where You don't see the arrogance in this? I brought this up last night. What makes you think? If you don't win your division and you don't win your conference, what makes you think you're going to get in the playoffs?
0: Alabama. Uh, people, honestly, the thing that makes me think they could if they do that is because their their loss would be to Alabama. Yeah. And that's the only thing. And people, I think people every year bend the rules in on the committee because we've seen it to, to Ohio State's advantage before. We've seen it to Ohio State or the Big 12's detriment before, and Ohio State's detriment too. I, I think what you see is people will bend the rules to make it whatever the four best teams are. And I don't think that from year to year it's consistent enough. To say if they don't win the division, they don't get in.
3: I'm like Bobby. It's going to depend on how you lose Alabama. If it's a 29 and nothing like last year, then you don't deserve. Oh, I to agree go. with you.
0: I agree with you. If if it's if it's a bad loss, no. But if you go into Bama, you lose 17 to 14. Tua does something crazy in the fourth quarter. I I can make an argument for you.
3: All right. Now one more thing. Are y'all calling this game on Texas and LSU? What is it?
1: Oh, I got LSU winning big. Uh, I think oh, at least two big. touchdowns. Big? Is, what's big? What's I want to know what big is. I say, big. I say two touchdowns
0: at, at least. Ah, I'm not. I, I don't know if I'm on two touchdowns. I'm on LSU. I'm not on two touchdowns, LSU. I'm confident.
3: Now, let me ask you this: What makes you think?
0: And I'm being honest here that
3: you're going to even be able to score? You got freshman running backs. The only thing you got is Joe Burrow. I'm telling you, my Texas Longhorns. We're going to do the double nickel, three safeties in the back, four rushing, and we have all middle linebackers. And at some point, we're going to have seven DBs. How are you going to score? That's my question. You think you got a receiver that's actually going to break open and score?
1: So uh, seven DBs. So yes, Not I do think asking. I do think that. Have you seen Justin Jefferson play? Also, Terrace Marshall, fast, big, and Jamar Chase, if he, even if he doesn't get open, throw it at him. He's gonna come down with it. So that's that. Uh and that's, freshman running back. The backs, other
3: thing, Delpit. I got a six foot six receiver, two thirty. Is Delpit gonna cover this guy? I just, would love to see this.
1: This is the bigger target for Delpit to light up. I don't. I don't see Delbert <laughs> yeah. covering him. I don't see Delbert
0: cover. One of those other guys is going to cover him. You put Christian on him. You put you put Derek Stingley on him. I. I, I you. You. You let Grant do whatever he wants. Just like that Longhorn defense, likes like Caden Stearns do whatever he wants. It's the same thing. Grant's just a little bit better at it. And one more thing. Got it. Stingley.
3: I've got two 230 pound running backs, and we're running straight toward him. I want to see. You're going to run straight
0: pass. toward the out of bounds line? Because you're going to straight the, on straight the outside? You're just going to go straight early. and you're going to pass all the linebackers you're, up?
3: <laughs> You've got a five star corner that played 2A football. I want to see if he can tackle a 230 pound running back.
0: I'm gonna, oh, absolutely. I'm going I'm to put my money on Sting to be able to tackle the 230 guy.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it was 2A, but every time he touched the ball. He scored basically. Uh, Sting
0: mean, is uh, Sting is a ra- like I I know he's he he played in two A, but just look at that dude. He is cut.
1: He is the man. He was the number one prospect in the country for a reason. What is he at uh, right about now? Probably about what two two thirteen two probably and still running uh basically I mean, he's, a four I mean, he's three the flat. He's
0: already the starting punt returner.
1: R- running a four three flat. Uh, I mean, I swear every time he touched the ball in that two-way season. And, I mean, he touched the ball in, like, screens. He touched – it wasn't like they just ran him out and threw him the ball. You know, they threw him screens. They, they had him on reverses, and he was just scoring. I, I saw one game where the only reason he didn't break the punt return was because there was a moment where he was like, let me hand this off to uh, my teammate. <laughs> and his teammate broke it because nobody thought he actually handed it off. They it thought he, so they kept chasing him, even though he didn't have the ball. Offensively,
0: last year he had 24 receptions, eight touchdowns, rushed for four touchdowns, uh, returned an interception for a touchdown, and then multiple return touchdowns. He's actually, I, I would have been surprised at list, listed at 190. I would have thought he would cross two bills by now. But uh, that's a strong dude. He's gonna be very, very good next year.
1: And then on top of the the, the physical gifts, obviously. I mean that kid has some of the most elite oh. technique at cornerback, and he's just a smart football player. You got to thank Big Sting for that. Don't
0: go anywhere, guys. I'm Andrew Lopez, Amos Morales III. We're going on 29. We're going on 31. I got the wrong thing right here. I'm looking down at the wrong thing. This is me. This is what this is what happens when I come in off off this. Seth thought to make this mistake.
1: I, you know everybody. Everybody strikes out every now and then. That was bad. It could be worse. It was like going up for an interception on Sting
0: and then missing it. I mean, you could have just stopped talking completely. I could have did that. Luckily, luckily Logan's in my ear telling me how how dumb I am right now. Would
1: would have been funny. It just we just sat here for a minute and just extra just like chilling out, hanging out. I wonder, uh, you know, it was one of those things where like now I'm wondering, would I have said anything? Or would I just let <laughs> would you have just froze and just been like, nope, I'm finishing this I right. Was like, no, I'm Lope, gonna read it right through. Nope. Lope, Lope said we're done. He said we're done. We gotta go. No, he, he's in the big chair right now. He said we're done.
0: <laughs> Don't we go anyway. <laughs> Let's try it again. Amos Morrell III, Andrew Lopez, will be back with more of the last lap after this news update. We are back. We're gonna talk a little a little handicapping right now. He's Amos Morrell III. I'm Andrew Lopez. We are sitting in for Seth Dunlap here on the last lap. Go to the phone lines now. Ralph Michaels at Cal Sports LV. Uh, Ralph, how's it going? Doing great, gentlemen. I appreciate you having me on. I appreciate you coming on. It's well, maybe it's not as late for you, but it's late for us uh, right now. Let's let's talk. Uh, let's let's get into wind totals right now. I'm I'm kind of fascinated with uh, where wind totals are right now. We can talk. Let's start with with kind of w- with the Saints right now. I, I've seen it. Different places, a lot of people have been putting out projections for the season, whether or not they're going to be as good as they were last year at 13-3. I've seen 10 and a half for them this year. Where, where are you kind of standing on where the Saints uh, Saints fall right now?
4: You know, 10 and a half is pretty much the number around town, and I think it's the proper number, but asked if I had to make a choice. You know, while I think the Saints are as good a team as they were last year, I think the division is going to be greatly improved with Carolina, Tampa, and Atlanta, I have up arrows on all three teams, making their division record much tougher. So if I had to pick pick, I would actually play the Saints under the ten and a half. But overall I think it's a good number and I think Vegas posted the right number on that game.
0: I could I can see that, especially with the the way that they won a lot of those games last year. They they a lot of before the playoffs, before the Rams game, a lot of breaks went their way in the regular season. Uh, I, I could see that. Let's uh, let's move to the other professional team in town first before we get to LSU and uh, some things there. Where where have you kind of seen the Pelicans at? I know early on it was probably a much lower number when people thought Anthony Davis wasn't, you know, they were trade Anthony Davis, everything was woe is me. Uh, they go out, they land Zion Williamson. How much, they, they get Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, everybody in the trade. Where have you kind of seen the Pelicans number at so far?
4: Well, you know, looking at the Pelicans number right now, uh, it's right around 40 and a half. If you're betting 40 and a half, you're getting plus 125 on the over. You're laying minus 155 on the under. So it's between 39 and a half and 40 and a half, and you can shop around. Uh, You know, I I think it's a fair number. The one thing people have to realize is with such a young team, with so many moving pieces, uh, you know, 40 wins is going to be important for them. But I think more important is they have to get that one year with Zion in the playoffs to at least been there and done that. Yes, they might get swept. Yes, they might have to play the Lakers or the Clippers in the first round and maybe win a game, but they have to build that experience of getting to the playoffs, going through the process to continue to move forward and improving season after season.
0: Have you seen a year, everybody talks about how wide open the NBA this year is because of you know the Golden State dropping off and all the player movement and things like this. Have you seen a, a year like this when it's been, so difficult to maybe figure out who the top team is going to be, uh, both win total. I mean, obviously you're going to lean probably to to maybe the Bucks or the Sixers in in win total because of how difficult the West is. But have you seen a year that's been this bunched up at the top?
4: Well, it's refreshing because yeah, uh, yeah, being definitely. you know being from Cleveland, you know, I, I went through the LeBron period, and you know, with what we've had to deal with Golden State recently, I can tell you one thing: as a basketball fan. If Kawhi had gone to the Lakers, I probably wouldn't watch another NBA game. I am so tired of these dynasties and the players dictating where they can go to have multiple superstars on a roster. It's To me, uh, to me, it's refreshing. I think the West is going to be exciting. They're going to beat each other up. Uh, and, again, Milwaukee right now is 57-and-a-half. And as you mentioned, they of course are the favorites with the best win total. Philadelphia comes in at 54 and a half. on paper, though. I still have Philadelphia as the best roster in the East. It's just the big guys haven't been able to play together, stay healthy and get those back to back going on those big win streaks.
0: Let's, let's shift over to, to LSU real quick. Uh, before we get into, to, to win total on them, i uh, Yesterday, I think it was on ESPN, there was a big article about long shot Heisman guys. And I think I saw Joe Burrow at, I've seen him at 200 to one. I've seen him at, at, at 40 to one. What do you think of, of where they're, people are kind of maybe putting him in, in these Heisman odds so far? Well, I am a fan,
4: you know, from what I'm reading, again, this is just me reading, right? You know, with LSU pressing, pressing the pace and going to be very up tempo. Uh, I think it's a fair shot. And in fact, I went as far as saying, I would have picked LSU as an upset pick in the SEC had they hosted Alabama this year yeah, I think it's too tough to go to Alabama and win that to win the SEC Alabama is two to three Georgia is three to one, and LSU comes in at fourteen to one to win the championship game when you're looking at the Heisman uh you know right now. From the latest odds that I'm looking, and I'm looking for Joey Burrow, he opened up at two hundred to one and he is currently forty to one. Of course, Tua and Trevor Lawrence, your two big favorites at three to one. And then Adrian Martinez at Nebraska is actually the third choice at ten to one with that Scott Frost offense, a second year in the system, having played as a true freshman, and then followed by Jalen Hurts and Justin Fields, a pair of SEC transfers now going to play at
0: Oklahoma and at Ohio State. I do like the Adrian Martinez. I think that's a a sneaky pick, but Oklahoma can't do it three years in a row, right? right. There's there's no way that that happens, right?
4: Well, you know, there's politics involved, and you have to remember that the Heisman voters, a big group of them are the previous Heisman winners, and they're just media people. And much like... It's very difficult to win back-to-backs. And so many people, even though players had good seasons, Archie Griffin was a special player. He won back-to-back Heisman. I think an Oklahoma player would have to be just extraordinarily above and beyond the next player because people would tend not to vote for that quarterback for a third straight
0: year. It's it, it's an award that's almost become kind of the, the best quarterback award, it, it feels like at times. Travis Etienne, who's a guy who's from Louisiana, he's probably one of the the higher running backs on the list. what does a running back have to do now to put themselves into these these Heisman conversations and get their odds to where uh you know guys like Jalen hurts and trevor Lawrence and Tua are? I would think it's probably
4: a twelve win season with two thousand yards and twenty five touchdowns and maybe a quarterback getting hurt where uh Even with a backup quarterback, the running back performed to a certain level, so I agree with you it, it, it's not gonna happen uh you know, Jared Judy is eighty to one and he's one of the most spectacular players in football. but I agree with you it really is a quarterback from a power five team that has at least ten wins and and didn't lose early and has a shot there their name is. In the mix to go to a championship game near the end of the season.
0: Ralph, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us, man.
4: Appreciate it. Thank you.
0: I really want to. I, I, Travis could do a lot of big stuff this year. Oh, absolutely. And cool. if it, I know I know he's got Trevor Lawrence there, but man, that could be really good. We got a break coming up. He's Amos Morrell III, Andrew Lopez sitting in for Seth Dunlap on the last lap, WWL radio. Andrew Lopez here with Amos Morale third. We are sitting in for Seth Dunlap here on the last lap. We've got a couple couple segments left. You, you're still up. You want to try, chime in with us? 504 260 1870. You could text on the text line 870 870. Of course, we got to talk a little bit of pells. We, we, we've kind of sprinkled it in, but it, it, is, is. it is my thing. I mean, it is it is your thing. You do have season tickets. I do, or you use season tickets. We should
1: we should probably just put it that way. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm gonna be in there watching Zion throw down. If he gives me two windmills a game, I think <laughs> the uh, I just need. I mean, they don't. They both don't have to be equally intense windmills. They just need to be windmills. I think like. Pre-game warm-ups are going to be, like, required viewing now for Pell's games. Yeah, because I think he's going to be trying to, like, outdo LeBron's pre-game warm-ups. I mean, we got Jackson Hayes, too. Ooh. But. Just, I, mean, I mean,
0: Jackson Hayes can windmill from the free throw line.
1: Yeah, but he's like, is he going to do that? Like, I'd much prefer him try to put guys on posters. I think that's where. It's where he'll get the attention.
0: I feel bad for that one Chicago guy that he dunked on in summer league because it's just that Chicago guy. Like nobody really remembers what that guy's name was. It was just, oh, Jackson
1: Hayes just destroyed him. I mean, I think Jackson Hayes just could've scribbled out his name on the the birth certificate with that one. It was that was so bad. What
0: you you've been going as a as a fan to to Pell's games for a lot of years. Uh there's been years where it's been hard for you to uh giveaway tickets. Oh my god. Like <laughs> i, I not even trying to sell them. Like you
1: literally are just trying to give them away to people. Yeah, and and you know, that was that was a rough stretch, man, cuz like you know, you're sitting there like, "Hey, you want to go to a Pell's game? I got a couple tickets uh for like tonight." And I'm like, "Yep." Uh and they're like I'm just gonna stay home. Like I don't have anything else to do. <laughs> I'm just gonna. I mean, I, I the, gotta. I gotta go to the dentist in the morning. I gotta. It's, it's gonna be a long night. I mean, particularly the back end of last year. That was when it. I think the low point because you know you, you probably couldn't pay people to take those tickets. At the well, end because of last year. You, you. don't I mean, you, you was Davis gonna play? Was he gonna play 16 minutes? You know, uh, who are they playing? That was the big question at that stretch. Who are they playing? Because it's like, all right, well, at this point, I'm going to watch, you know, Kawhi. I'm going to watch Somebody Giannis. else. You know what I mean? You're not going to watch the Pelicans. And I think that's where uh, the excitement for this season comes is because, I mean, you're going to watch them this year. You know what I mean? Uh, and I think, you know, there's a lot of intrigue around this team. Uh, they brought in, uh, you know, a couple of offensive guys with J.J. Redick and Derek Favors, uh, who you know, David Griffin and you know Gentry have both said they think has got untapped offensive potential. So it'd be interested to see how that is, and obviously Zion, um, you know, it's one of those guys that either way, no matter how it works out, in about twenty years we're we're watching a thirty for thirty on Zion. Either about how one how, way or the other, you're right. It's either one way or the other. <laughs> it's either we found the the next. What if I told you we found the next LeBron James? Or what if I told you we found the next Michael Oloa Candy? Well, I was going to go Sam Bowie, but.
0: I mean, that's injuries if it's that way. Uh, I, well, it could be either way. I Obviously, the- I don't think it's going that way. I really don't. I think he's going to have a great, great year. Great- Which brings oh, he- me to this. Do you. How many people are in there on October 11th? That's the only preseason game that was there last year. There were some not full crowds toward the end of last year. How many people do you think are there on October 11th for that preseason? game? I mean, it's a Friday night here, so there is prep going, games going on. But how many people do you think are in the arena that night?
1: Is that towards the end of the preseason or it's towards a, it's the beginning? It's the
0: third preseason
1: game, I think. Uh, it is smack dab in the middle. I feel like the, the, the safety... The safety, uh, the the better judgment of Gentry and uh, that front office will have prevailed. And by the time they get to that game, it's like, we've seen enough out of and We think he's ready for the season. We don't need him to
0: play. See, I think he plays. I think they, they give him, because you only have one game. I think it's maybe like the summer league where he originally, he's going to play like, you know, 16, 18 minutes. But if he he does need to, like, to get into playing shape, uh, you get that way by playing. That's how that works. There are, you know, that game is the way preseason is going to work for them. uh, They have a game at Atlanta on October 7th, at Chicago October 9th, home Utah. So they have, it'll be their third game in five nights. I still think he plays that night, right? Like it's your first chance to get Zion in front of your fans. Obviously you'll probably have an open practice or two before that, but I mean, that's going to be, it's going to be pretty decently
1: packed, right? I mean, obviously I think you want him to play. Uh, I just you know this team has already shown that they're willing to exercise an abundance of caution uh, when it comes to the investment that they've made in this guy and you know the investment that they've made in this team uh, you know uh, they want to win these regular season games they want to you know make the playoffs with this squad you know uh, JJ Redick said he's thinking they they said he wouldn't have joined the team if he didn't think they had a chance to make the playoffs and I mean you look at the talent on that roster. You know, aside from the rookies, you've got a pretty decent squad if they played right.
0: I can sit here and talk Pel's all night. We got a we got a prediction from the text line. Pels shocked the world. Uh, they win fifty games next year. 50 games is still probably like maybe like a five or a six seed in the, in the west that's that's insane how it's how stacked the West is going to be next yeah year. I still that's a that's a big prediction I, I think it's 41-41, 42
1: 40 but 50, is, 50 still might not even get them in a the top four well here's a here's an interesting one for you do they have more wins than the Thunder?
0: that's a good question. I don't have an answer for you right now. That's the the Thunder are one of the teams that I have. I do think they end up being a little bit better than the Thunder. But there's a good, there's a big bunch of teams right there.
1: Yeah, and in that, that little group. that little six, seven, eight, nine, ten group. Yeah, because I mean you got the Thunder right there. Uh, I mean obviously the Clippers are just. I mean the Clippers, Lakers, they're gonna obviously the, they're they're yeah, they're the elite they're top. teams. But but I mean I mean Phoenix is trying to make some moves. Obviously Minnesota still gonna be. A pretty solid squad Uh, I mean I gotta think Utah is gonna be really good so I mean I mean the
0: Mavericks are kind of picked above them the Spurs are obviously way above them but
1: let's let's not even you know we haven't even touched on the Rockets who I think are gonna score a ton of points of course you're gonna you're gonna be all about the Rockets I I, I mean it worked before I don't see why it can't work again
0: we'll see he's Amos Morrell III I'm Andrew Lopez we got one segment left so of course we're gonna go back to Saints they play this Friday. We'll be right back here on the last lap, sitting in for Seth Dunlap. Andrew Lopez, Amos Morrell the third, sitting in for Seth Dunlap. They only got a couple more minutes of us, guys. It's maybe maybe things are literally
1: will be back. the last lap. I cage you so much. So good, though. Come on. I I thought you were gonna make that joke. can't.
0: Amos Morrell III, ladies and gentlemen. Amos Morrell
1: III. I'm here all week, literally. You work here? Yep. <laughs> oh, man. That's two. That's two. I'm, I'm on a
0: roll. I'm, I'm going to cut your mic soon and just finish this by myself. I don't think. Logan is in agreement with me. He, doesn't, he hates that joke. That was a terrible, terrible joke that has probably been made way too many times. You guys don't appreciate comedy. That's what I've learned. God. hate you most two days away from the saints opening preseason uh a lot of games start there's some games starting tomorrow all right obviously we got emmanuel butler everybody knows about butler who's your give me another undrafted rookie
1: to watch out for uh come friday night Ooh, that's a tough one i think we gotta we gotta talk about porter gustin that's a guy that uh you know could make some noise lining up a lot of different spots too. lining up with a lot of different spots, uh, you know, at a position where there's some guys, but there's a, some depth open because of some guys leaving the team from last year. So that's one area. Uh, I mean, another one is uh Terrell Williams, who's an undrafted rookie out of Houston. Uh, hey, are you just picking him because he's from Houston? No. Big six foot four defensive back. Saw him make a lot of plays today. Uh, you know, he's made some plays throughout camp. He's been a, you know, pretty, a guy that's been consistent, you know, around uh, some throw TAs, mini camps, and everything. Uh, you know, so when he's out there, you notice him, A, because of the size, but uh, you can imagine a guy like that running down the field on special teams. Uh, you know, he's a guy that can end up making some noise. So, uh, you know, he's a guy that I'm definitely looking to watch uh, when he uh, takes the field the other day. I'm pretty sure you just picked him because he went to Houston. I I, I totally didn't. You're very biased toward Houston. Uh, I mean, it's a great city. I, I don't understand. Ugh. I don't understand why, you know, uh, anyone would accuse me of such things. And, you know, it's just a nice place. Just mm. terrific. Awful. Uh Run it. saints actually open up against the uh houston texans in the regular season i it's gonna be a rough game for me
0: yes <laughs> it is it is gonna be a terrible game for you and your your houston fandom uh, yeah
1: yeah that one's gonna be rough and also having to cover both teams that you've watched so will be fun for you oh uh, the tweet facts I'm, I'm gonna be a just a wealth of information in that game we'll see um
0: on, let's, let's talk about the running back situation. Obviously, we have Alvin Kamara. Uh, somebody on the text line was asking us about Latavius Murray earlier. Uh, where do you think he kind of fits in? How, how has they, that chemistry kind of been? Obviously, the Alvin and Mark Ingram chem- chemistry was big. The fact that Alvin's going to have to probably do interviews by himself postgame now uh, might rock his world a little bit. But w- what have you kind of seen from, from that duo so far?
1: I mean, you, you're seeing a lot of similar usage, and I think that's one of the reasons Latavius Murray – uh, the coaching staff were kind of drawn to him in the off season, uh and wanted to bring him in because, you know, he can do a lot of the same things Mark Ingram, Mark Ingram can do. He's a big downhill runner. He's a guy that, uh, you know, can run over some guys. So I'm very interested to see how he looks in the Saints offense uh, on Friday night just because, you know, in the practices, you know, the running backs get to do some things. But, you know, they're rarely being brought to the ground. Uh, a lot of the plays get blown dead before you know. You know if they would have actually been tackled. So uh, I'm very interested to, interested to see how he fits in the offense once we get to see him because I think this is a guy that uh, is going to be the perfect complement to Alvin Kamara, uh, who I think his usage is going to go up this season. Uh, you know, the, the Saints obviously want to keep him fresh, but I think just because of his, uh, you know, how dynamic he is, I think you're going to see a lot more of Alvin Kamara. So I think Latavius Murray is going to be out there trying to show that you know he can, he can definitely carry the load. Uh, One more for you on the undrafted free agent
0: front: Uh A. Zigbo, the the running back. For, uh, there seems like it's always if it's going to be an undrafted free agent making this team, it's usually a running back. That's the seemingly the spot where they're at the most,
1: right? Uh, I mean, y- you look back a couple seasons ago, Trey Edmonds, uh, running back, uh, he made the team. A lot of what that came from what Pierre he could Thomas, do: Pierre Thomas, Chris on, uh, Ivory, Kyrie Robinson, yeah, but Traveris I mean, Chris Cadet, you, you, Trey Hepman. But you got to think about like uh, you know some of those years. You uh, know, uh, obviously the Saints. They needed depth at that position and what some of those guys could contribute was uh in the special teams. So I think Divine Azigbo is a guy that's gonna need to show that uh he can be useful in the special teams if he wants a shot. I mean obviously the Saints have brought in a couple veterans, uh, over the past few weeks to to try and compete for some of those uh roster spots. And then obviously you got Dwayne Washington who was a guy that the Saints had last year and uh, you know, obviously liked him enough to keep him around. Uh and, you know, we've seen him make a few plays in camp too. So uh Ozigbo's a guy that uh you know has made some nice plays though. This was fun most. So we should do it again. Yeah,
0: maybe we will. Maybe we'll be tomorrow night, maybe we won't. You might have said done back. We'll figure it out. He's Amos Morale the 3rd. I'm Andrew Lopez. Thanks for listening tonight to us. It was fun, guys.